Hello, my friends, and welcome to the 193rd episode of The Daily Run, Season 1, as we go through Romans. And I was going to apologize to you for yesterday when I told you we were going to finish Romans chapter 15, and then I talked about one verse for 11 minutes. Well, you know what? It's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. But it was not my intention to lie to you, to deceive you, or to get your hopes up, because when I started talking, I wasn't planning on going into the stuff I got into, but that's what happens. Sometimes as we go, um, I, you know, I've read through the verses and ahead of time. And then when I'm reading it to you, I realize like, oh, there's a good thing there. There's some treasure there and I don't want to pass it up. I want to talk about it. And so I get to because, well, it's my podcast and I can do what I want. So anyway, our goal today is once again, to finish Romans chapter 15. And you might be saying to yourself, well, how do I know that's going to happen? Well, you don't. You're just going to have to listen and see what happens because I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. All right, well, let's hit it. Last time we talked about how Paul had said he didn't want to come to them. Um, or he said, but I know I, that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ, the gospel of Christ. No, Paul didn't want to come on his own timing, in his own strength, in his own power. Um, you know, we don't want to force God's hand in our life. Um, you know, I've seen this happen many times with young people, um, especially young single people that really want to be married. They want to have that person in their life and they force it. They find somebody that meets the minimum qualifications, um, whatever those minimum qualifications are. And then they're married and they find out that, you know, being married to this person is harder than it was being by myself and they force they they try to force god's hand into blessing them with this marriage relationship that they weren't ready for the other person wasn't ready for maybe it wasn't even the right person um and yet it's like i think that's my answer that if i do this then 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 i'll be happy you know um you know you think about abraham and sarah where god promised abraham that he would be the father of many nations and that he'd bring from him a son and abraham helps god out by you know abraham and sarah go well i don't see how this is going to work so let's go grab your servant girl and we'll have a baby with her um i don't know if you ever thought about that from the servant girl's perspective but man that's got to stink um you know here they are like we're going to bring god's will about by by forcing this young girl to sleep with this old guy and have a baby. Um, it's pretty messed up. Um, but they're trying to figure out, Oh, how do we, how do we, how do I bring about God's plan rather than saying, God, okay, I'm, I'm submitted to your plan. I'm going to, I don't want to push it. I don't want to force it. I don't want to, I don't want to step over the line. And so that's the attitude I think we have is that we, we are prayerful about say, God, I don't want to, I don't want to leave before it's time to leave. I don't want to. I don't want to start before it's time to start. I want. I want to be guided by your steps. I want to. I want to be looking for those opportunities. I want to be pressing forward. But if Lord, if I'm going ahead of you, oh Lord, please stop me. If I get, if I'm getting ahead of your plan, if I'm pushing through, and usually I think the way we push through is we start, we start cutting corners when it comes to godliness. You know, like the Abraham and Sarah thing. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to have a baby. No, we're going to we're going to involve a third party, which was socially acceptable. But that doesn't mean it's right. 
And so there's that that sacrifice. That's and I've and I've seen this happen before uh, in other places where where ministries are trying to accomplish something and they find that they run into headaches with the government, you know. And and so then it becomes like, how do I manipulate the system? How do I fudge the forms? How do I, you know, how do I how how am I decept how can I be deceptive toward the government inspectors in order to get what I'm trying to get? And that's of course that to me that's always a danger when we start when we start compromising our integrity, compromising our walk with the Lord, compromising our witness in order to bring about God's will. It just, that it just doesn't jive. So anyway, I don't want to talk too long about that because I wanted to keep going and I was just doing the recap. So Paul says this, he says, now I beg you brethren through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the spirit that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. So this is kind of interesting. Paul is begging them, pleading with them to pray for him. And this is one of those things that that I think is, is important. And I used to go to a church where the, the pastor would say a lot, hey, pray for me this week. Please pray for me this week. And it used to strike me a little odd, but but it's a good thing to do to pray for your pray for our leaders, to pray for those who are spiritual leaders. Um, there's a different level of attack that they deal with. Right. And, uh, you know, pray for the pastor of your church. You don't realize that, you know, you go to church and there might be one person at church that has a bad attitude, but you don't know about it. You just go to church and you're happy. But chances are the pastor knows about that one person. And from experience, I will tell you that one one person can cause so many issues within a church. One sour, one negative, one gossipy one complainer can cause such headaches for a pastor. It can cause such dis, um, discouragement and can be so distracting from what they're trying to do. And so, hey, don't be that person, but also understand that that, that goes on and pray for them. And so Paul says, I beg you to pray for me. And what does he say to pray for him? Well, this is what he says, that I might be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. And that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. So he has two things that he asked for them um, to pray for him. Number one, that his enemies aren't going to triumph over him, right? That that uh, he will be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe. And that my service to Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. And so he wants what he's... Uh, the offering that he's bringing for that to be acceptable to them and that he be delivered uh, from those in Jerusalem. Now, this is an interesting thing because the question is then, was he delivered from those in Judea that did not believe? Well, you know, read the book of Acts and see what happens. Because here's the thing. Um, Paul prays for something that he might be delivered from them, but he ends up being uh, arrested, arrested, and you know he appeals to Rome, and he's taken as a prisoner to Rome, and imprisoned there. And so, you know, there's there might be some debate about whether or not those in Jerusalem, he, whether or not he was delivered from them. You know, well, some might say, well, he was delivered from them into the hands of the Romans. And I don't know. I think sometimes we can read too much into it and miss some that. You know, we, we pray for things, and sometimes the things we pray for, you know, 
God just goes like, I understand what you're praying for, but that's, that's not what I'm up to. You know, we pray, God, deliver me from this suffering. And God's like, you know what? I need this. You need this suffering. I'm going to do a work in you with this. God, deliver me from this dead end job. And it's like, God's like, no, no, I, I need you there. There's people there that need to hear about me. They need to see what a real Christian is. And while you don't feel like you're going anywhere, it's not about where you're going. It's where you are and what I need for you to do there. And so sometimes we pray for things that seem to be perfectly right and, and great plans in our mind. And God just says, no, that's, I've got other things in store. And so here's the thing to remember that God's saying no to you. Is God saying no to your prayer is just as good as God saying yes to your prayer. God saying not now is just as good as God saying okay now. It's just as good because God's plans for you are good and right and true and best. And so when you pray for something and God's like, no, we're not doing that. It's not that he doesn't love you. It's not that he doesn't care. It's that he knows what's best and you don't. Let's finish this up. He says, um, but we're, oh, let's just read it again. That I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God. There we see it again, right? He wants to come to them by the will of God, not through his own working and manipulating. He says, that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and may be refreshed together with you, right? He wants to come to them and let their they're them being refreshing to one another to have that that great meeting together and i don't know if you've experienced this as a christian but i certainly have and i have i did last fall i got to go and speak at a church in uh down in southern arizona and it was and it was refreshing to meet brothers and sisters from another place most of whom i never met before but were encouraging to me and i hope hopefully i was encouraging to them as well and then he, Paul finishes up and he says this, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So Paul says amen, I'll say amen too. And we'll talk to you next time.